Hi, I'm Greg Lefebvre, and this is The Compulsive Storyteller, a series of short, personal, real true stories where we explore the idea that truth can be stranger than fiction. This week's episode is entitled Suds. Before we get started, let me tell you about another podcast from someone else in the art world. Want to learn and be inspired by leading art professionals or shaping our culture? The Art Career Podcast is a space breaking barriers by letting you sit in on candid, straightforward conversations with luminaries in the visual arts, writing, music, theater, and film. Join New York-based advisor, curator, and overall artist advocate, Emily McEnreath, for authentic and inspirational conversations with icons of our generation like Cheryl Strayed, Jerry Sauls, and Marilyn Mintner. Emily dives deep into topics like self-development, career trajectories, mental health, social justice, and the artists that have changed our lives. Expand your journey through the arts and feel empowered about what you do. Subscribe to The Art Career wherever you find podcasts. Suds. While Austria and Germany lead the United States in per capita consumption of beer at 108 and 99 liters per person per year, America sits at a paltry 20th place on the list at 73 liters per year. I was heartened to learn, though, that because we're such a populous country, we triumph over all the other countries in the world in our national consumption of beer at 23.8 billion liters consumed annually. So as expected, all those tailgate parties after Trump rallies and NFL games and the millions of corner bars all do their part. The following three beer stories all took place in Utica, New York, a serious beer-drinking city that sits at the exact geographical center of New York State. Driverless Train In the oldest industrial section of Utica, a neighborhood populated with red-brick factory buildings, there sits a real diner, which is to say a former railroad dining car that has had its wheels removed and rests at street level next to a single set of railroad tracks. It's called the Homestead Bar. Its owner is Polish, and here, my 16-year-old friends and I discovered all the exotic treats that a Polish bar has to offer. Pickled eggs, pickled pig's feet, kielbasa sandwiches with sweet mustard, and old-school beer nuts. The bartender is also happy to serve affluent kids from the right side of the tracks, despite their age. We are regulars, leaving school for the day at lunchtime and sometimes taking the whole day off to imbibe. The place also offers beer chips, small, thin, green plastic octagonal tokens that could be bought by the dozen for a 20% discount when exchanged for drinks. The homestead had it all, including an event that happened every day at 1 p.m. that was, for my friends and I, the most exciting thing we'd ever seen. People began to gather for the event at 12.30, and by the time of the event, there was standing room only inside the bar and a small overflow crowd outside. At 1 o'clock, a freight train moved slowly along the tracks that approached the bar, and the crowd outside and inside the bar cleared a path while the bartender set up two boilermakers in the middle of the bar. 
For the uneducated, that's a pint of beer, in this case, Utica Club from the tap, and a shot of whiskey. The brand varied. A hundred yards before the train reached the bar, both the engineer and the fireman would abandon their posts and jump off the train, leaving it completely unattended while still in motion. They would then move at a brisk pace through the path cleared for them into the bar, whereupon they would toast the crowd before downing their shot and chugging their pint of beer. With the crowd cheering, they would exit the rear door of the diner, climb back onto the moving train, and continue their workday. Cheering loudest of all was my little group. We were a bunch of kids up to no good, but our best bad boy efforts paled in comparison to the size and organization of this event. We would travel cross town a number of times every week and never cease to be both amazed and amused by it. In the years after my time at the homestead, I grew a little more philosophical and pondered why the driverless train was so intriguing and popular. My conclusion was that there was a small part of everyone that resents the laws, rules, and punishments created by the state, and there's a certain joy when they are flaunted. This seems to be more true of people who've grown up in the older countries of Europe, where these sentiments have had many centuries longer to take root and blossom. Artificial Bubbles Just a few blocks north of the Homestead Bar sits the home of the FX Matt Brewing Company. Francis Xavier Matt immigrated from the Black Forest region of Germany to Utica, where he helped create the West End Brewing Company in 1888. The company was the first in the United States to obtain a license to sell beer after the end of Prohibition, at which point Utica Club became the name of the brewery's flagship beer. The beer was promoted during the 1950s and 60s by two spokes mugs, talking beer steins named Schultz and Dooley, voiced by Jonathan Winters. Schultz was the taller German talking beer stein, and Dooley was the much shorter Irish beer stein, speaking with a strong brogue. The hinged top lid of each mug bore the animated faces of the two characters. My gang of bad boy 16-year-old friends discovered that the Utica Club Brewery offered a tour twice daily and the 3 p.m. tour coincided perfectly with the close of school. The tour ended with free beer in a beer garden that was part of the brewery. But first you had to endure a walking tour because it was the only way to enter the beer hall. The tour was filled with all sorts of meaningless dribble about beer making equipment. Beer fermenters in bright tanks, yawn. Brewhouse control filtration and additives, yawn. Hops, yeast, and other ingredients, yawn. We perked up a bit when they started talking about beer kegs. And then finally, at the conclusion of the tour, the door opened into the beer garden. We'd learned that there was almost never anyone at the door checking tour members' IDs to see if they were above the legal drinking age of 18. This became our weekly ritual. And just to guarantee that we wouldn't be caught, we tipped the bartenders so well they even remembered our names. We also did our best to entertain them. The TV commercials that featured the singing Schultz and Dooley mugs were played on a rear projection screen at the back of the beer garden. After a few free beers, we'd happily sing along. Oh, brew me, no brew, bit artificial bubbles. Those carbonated beers are today. Go 
Cause you the cut club will still take the trouble to age beer a natural way. You the cut club, you see. We also made up our own bad boy version of the song that always got lots of laughs. Please don't forget that I was 16 when we penned these lyrics. Oh, give me no broad with artificial bubbles, those falsified bras of today. Cause Utica girls will still take the trouble to age breasts the natural way. We continued being regulars at the brewery until we turned 18, at which point we could drink beer anywhere. True, the tour did provide free beer, but it no longer had the luster of something illegal. Years later, we had a reunion beer tour, but the beer garden had been completely remodeled. There were no longer any theme songs, nor talking beer mugs. Now they just touted their Saranac line and their craft beers. Yawn. Michelob. Eventually, I went off to college, first to St. Lawrence University, a serious beer-drinking institution from which I couldn't get away fast enough. Then, on to Boston University, a much more cosmopolitan place, which changed my beer-drinking habits. I'd had enough of the piss-poor local swill Utica Club and decided that Michelob was a much more sophisticated brew. On holidays, when I came back home to my parents' house in Utica, I didn't hesitate to share my new love for this more sophisticated beer. After some consideration, my parents challenged me to a taste test, and of course, I rose to the challenge. I was to do the test by tasting from a can of both Utica Club and Michelob. They masterfully set up the comparison. While I sat in the dining room, unbeknownst to me, they were in the kitchen where they poured the contents of a can of each brand of beer down the drain. What a waste. And replaced the contents of each can with the other brand. Next, they folded down the pop tops so the cans appeared to be unopened. Then came their stroke of pure genius with the ruse. While my father picked up a can of Utica Club and pretended to pop the top in front of me, directly behind my head, equidistant from both ears, my mom popped the top of a real unopened Utica Club. They were playing on the phenomena that if you hear something directly behind you, you can mistakenly hear it directly in front of you. I tasted the Utica Club, really Michelob, and my dad asked, so you think this is an inferior beer? Definitely, pure gutter swill. You're sure? Absolutely. Then the process was repeated, and I tasted the Michelob, really the Utica Club, and my father asked, and you think this is a superior beer? No doubt about it, a far superior brew. My parents then came clean about the ruse and were thrilled to shove my snobbery back in my face. My two little sisters witnessed the whole taste test too and got a huge kick out of their older and insufferably wiser brother getting taken down a notch. Even now, more than 50 years later, my sister Michelle still smiles when she thinks back to the taste test. Impulsive Storyteller is written and narrated by me, Greg Lefebvre, and co-produced by Peter Kakoma, who also made our theme song. If you enjoyed this week's episode, 
let us know. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Compulsive Storyteller, and we love to hear from you. This podcast is independently produced, so we really appreciate all your help and support. Share the show with your friends, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and please leave a review. You can also check out our website, thecompulsivestoryteller.com, for more information. Thanks for listening, and if you didn't like this one, the next one will be another story. The characters and events portrayed in this podcast are based on my truth, with some names and facts changed for privacy. All conversations and dialogues are based on my best memory, but are not word-for-word recreations.